0: Welcome to the Get Kitty podcast. My name is Marcus K. Dowling. As promised, I've seen you soon before I saw you later. Welcome. I'm a creator, curator, innovator, and iconoclast. On this show, in 30 minutes or less, we solve for a future we love by obsessing over the past and appreciating the present. In this episode, we discuss the OnlyFans revolution. Now that we've set the stage, a bit of backstory, uh, amongst the many things that I write about. Uh, sex work in the sex industry. Industry, meaning the business of having sex, not necessarily the salaciousness of having sex itself. Uh, it's the one of my favorite things to, to pontificate about, especially in regards to the coronavirus pandemic. Uh, when COVID hit in March, the first thing that I realized, uh, mainly because I work in and around uh, sex as an industry so much was that there was going to be a significant boom for this industry in the sense that once people got past you know the lack of toilet paper and once they got past the 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 lack of going into their traditional workplace and then going into you know a lot of their favorite haunts, you know, the supermarket, the bar, the nightclub, so on and so forth. Uh, there was going to come a moment at three o'clock in the morning. Where they were laying in bed alone, and there's something that they hadn't done in weeks in or months that they had suddenly missed very much. And that meaning erotic touch or sexual companionship. And in the midst of that, I realized, well, you know, like we're already at this place where economically the nation is uh dwindling down into in you know past its uh, first world status into a second world status in America, especially, given that that's where I'm based. And I'm like, well, if, 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 if this pandemic goes the way I think it's going to go, and we're already in, you know, as I always say on this podcast, $30 trillion in debt, then we're going to reach a point that's that's going to hit like, you know, third world status pretty soon. And that's going to make people pretty desperate. And when people get desperate, the first things that they think about are their most... Uh, carnal, and most base-level specific needs. So uh, Bella Vendetta, who's a very good friend of mine, uh, she's a sex worker with uh, two decades of experience who runs a uh, campsite and uh, was very intrinsic in the uh, the early burning angel days for people who are know anything about the uh, the porn and sex industry. She's an OG and she's amazing. Uh, we talk about it all the time and I call the era that we're heading into where people, you know, realize that they were without sex for so long, the great fuckinging. So I saw this, this uh, the the predecessor of that, which is the great non-fuckinging uh, forthcoming very soon. And so I was like, okay, so when this happens, all of the traditional sex sites are gonna, you know, experience a, a, a magnificent boom in traffic. So all of the chatterbaits, and my free cams and all of those kind of like third person sites where people are able to engage with sex workers virtually are going to explode but then we're going to go past that and there's going to come a point where people are going to need eye to eye one-to-one person-to-person interpersonal connection that is directly sexual and we're probably going to get past the point where even dating becomes something that becomes very quickly antiquated because you want to get past the the foreplay, and right into the the actual act, for lack of a better term. So into that conversation enters OnlyFans. Uh, OnlyFans is a site that for uh, people who are uh, independent creators and sex workers, a site that's been known about for quite some time. Uh, OnlyFans has been around since 2016. It was uh, started by a gentleman by the name of Tim Stokely, based out of the UK. And uh, he owns this company called Phoenix International Limited not much is known about them, but a lot of these uh, sex sites like Pornhub's owned by MindGeek and MindGeek owns a bunch of different sex sites. So in the sex industry and in the industry of independent creativity, the parent company, Shell Company, uh, not very much is known about them because typically there are a lot of very wealthy people, extraordinarily wealthy people who are investing into sex or independent creatives as a way to, uh, you know, sometimes to avoid taxes or to be able to create an independent revenue stream outside of their first party business. So OnlyFans have been around and private membership sites in the sex industry have been something since uh, the end of the golden era. So in the the, the late 90s or so. And then when the uh, dot-com boom occurred in the early 2000s, there were people like Danny Ash D a n n i a s a s h e Danny Ash, who uh, Danny dot Danny's hard drive, uh, became huge superstars in this era because the uh, the internet opened up the ability to have uh, some level of obscurity regarding your 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 personage uh, and signing up for these sites and having access to content, and then as the streaming boom occurred the first stream boom, that is. That's the, uh, the, the real player to lower quality MP4 files to the initial boom of places like Hot Movies, where I write, uh, where you're able to access uh, very pigeon forms by comparison now to you know, 1080p and 4K film being easily streamable online of being able to have access uh, directly, quote unquote, to sex and sexuality. So this has been a thing for a while, but the thing with OnlyFans is that, you know, like that membership model reached a point where you needed to be able to oversaturate the internet at the same rate that sex work and sex workers were oversaturating oversaturating the internet. And uh, this occurred earlier in the era of Twitter Where you could easily, you know, like flip a video and put it up online and add sites like like Clips for Sale, which have been around for, you know, almost 30 years now. And in that sense, like you're able to directly access content again. So when COVID became a thing and when joblessness became a thing, when, you know, 20% of the American population was without jobs within 60 days, then you started to see women, especially uh, gay men, there's a boom there too. Uh, going to only fans to begin to for lack of a better term prostitute them prostitute their content for immediate wealth and the, the numbers have been absurd for some people uh, there are only fans creators if you dally and if you dally into that level of the internet you see people who are only fans creators who will post on their their profile that they are in the point three, nine, top percent of OnlyFans creators. And then there are people who go even further to show their their receipts, their earnings per month on OnlyFans. And there are people who earn $40,000 a month from membership subscriptions and tips. Yeah, we're currently in uh, Washington, D.C. right now. And ever since the, uh, the insurrection, there have been cops moving all around the city. So don't mind that. But... Uh, I want to keep this real. But in any event, we're at a place now with uh, this where, as we emerge from the pandemic, people are still staying on these sites. And whether you're thinking about working from home as opposed to, say, having a fan site, where you post merely, quote unquote, post salacious photos of yourself, and you're able to earn roughly half a million dollars in a year if you extrapolate, say, $40,000 a month, over a, a set period of time, then, then that's crazy. Like, that gets to a certain level. Uh, regarding OnlyFans as well, the real boom occurred when Megan The Stallion uh, released her uh, remix of the song Savage with Beyonce, and Beyonce said that she was starting OnlyFans. So that precipitated a boom that, to this point, has seen roughly 200,000 users per 24 hours and 8,000 new creators a day. So that's 8,000 new creators a day, extrapolated over 300, 360 days. You're looking at roughly 2.4, we're looking at 240,000, 250,000 creators in a year. And you're looking at, gosh, that would be 6 million new users. In a, in a 60 million, 600 million new users, an untapped number, I'm trying to do the math in my head, but I can't even reach that fast that far, in a year. And when you consider the fact that there are 330 million people in the United States, and that includes children, so we'll make that number 250, 240 million in regards to grown adults. And then that's, you're looking at now a globalized population of people. You're looking at probably one in every 100 people in the world. Has had some access to OnlyFans in the last year. So that fundamentally changes everything. And when you think about the idea of people selling themselves sexually, namely, uh, OnlyFans is also popular in the fitness community, which also involves a lot of body modification and body positivity and also body attraction in the sense that, you know, people are being titillated by somebody who's in absurdly physical, great physical shape. There is a fetish subset that, particularly looks at that and gets particularly aroused. And I'm sure that OnlyFans for them right now is an incredible time. So you have musicians who are OnlyFans and so on and so forth. But there is a large and the most exciting, quote unquote, population would be people who are using OnlyFans for selling uh, sex and sex-related content. Uh, To this level, before we go to commercial, and we get to the commercial break, and we go after the commercial break, in the midst of COVID, Uh, Bella Thorne, who's a model and Instagram, Twitter, YouTube celebrity, she set an OnlyFans record when she earned over $1 million within 24 hours of joining the platform in 2020, in August 2020. And she earned more than $2 million in less than a week. And uh, ultimately what she did is that she promised nude photos for $200 so you could tip an OnlyFans, you know, creator for more explicit content or more involved content if you're talking about something that's not sexual. But instead she only provide pictures of herself in lingerie, which you could pretty much find anywhere on the internet. Uh, this demonization charged, caused a lot of chargebacks to the platform, which if you know anything about uh, retail, the last thing you want are chargebacks. So if you know anything about like nightlife, for instance, I worked at you know, Decades Nightclub for three years in the middle of downtown Washington, DC. And the one thing that we hated was having to do chargebacks from people that would buy $1,000 worth of alcohol and then charge back $1,000 worth of alcohol, claiming that they were too inebriated to know how much alcohol they had purchased. Of course, that's a lie, but it is what it is. So you have to you know, honor that chargeback, and you have to you know, do the research on that chargeback. So we get to a point where for OnlyFans that was problematic and difficult, and they ultimately you know, have set standards now about the amount of tips and the amount of chargebacks, And that that creates a workable ecosystem for sex work in the modern age, but, and also for content creation in the modern age. But what does that say about people who are legitimately using this as a sex work platform to do, you know, legitimate, beneficial, holistic, good, decent work in relation to people needing to have that personal, emotional, carnal connection during the worst global pandemic in the last probably thousand years of you know humanity so let's uh think about that and we'll uh come back to this after the commercial break interested in recording a podcast like get mkd well it's as easy as pressing a button on your phone just like i did you can download Anchor, a free app with creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will even distribute your podcast for you to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Everything you need to make a podcast is available in one place. Download the free Anchor app today or go to anchor.fm to get started. And we're back. So, in relation to this OnlyFans issue, where everybody's getting online and everybody's engaging in, you know, some sort of level of sexuality, I think that's the big problem with OnlyFans that people have. I think also people have an issue when, you know, content creators who, you know, like Bella Thorne are misappropriating the platform. That's problematic too. And even deeper, when OnlyFans is a platform. Is earning revenue in excess of what is that number? That number is currently, we're looking at roughly $1 billion in value at $725 million of payouts to 24 million users. So, when you're looking at people exchanging literal billions of dollars, and on top of that, the trickle down to the creators who are, you know, literally putting their bodies on the line, being so separate but equal to the people that own the platform, there's there's something to really consider there. Uh, At some point, you have to think about the safety and sanctity of the, uh, the industry of sex and sex work. Uh, to me, this is reminiscent of the golden era where you go from 1969, where you have low budget, independent creators creating you know, artful sex work uh, as filmography to a point by the early 1980s, where you have $10 million budgeted, mass marketed films being you know put out into the universe and competing with you know other industries uh, i'll put it like this only fans is worth one-fifth as much as the dallas cowboys the dallas cowboys of the every sunday afternoon seen as seen as sports as religion national football League. so on some level we, we lose something in that, in the sense that if you demonize people who showcase their bodies artfully versus, you know, people who crash violently into each other to the point where they become CT, become, you know, concussive traumatic encephalopathy patients, then where's the issue like when people for instance with OnlyFans, are very concerned about people who are parents being on the platform and how their children will perceive them and even deeper the idea that people who are sex workers have some level of horrible childhood trauma or were mistreated sexually or have you know some level of angst in their lives that has led them down this, you know, primrose path to terrible, uh, you know, immorality. That's not necessarily the case. I think the one thing actually that comes out of this OnlyFans conversation, uh, when you think about things even deeper in past COVID, is that when you look at OnlyFans, you compare it to a pandemic. Uh, the pandemic flattened Earth, in the sense of it created a unanimity of importance in relation to commerce. There's something about watching a football game with no people in the crowd and wondering how the NFL makes money. There's something about seeing 90% of America's restaurants close and wondering how the restaurant industry stays afloat. There's something about seeing a demagogue as president for four years, and then wondering how American democracy survives when we've literally invalidated it. There's something also then to the notion of, if people are willing to spend a billion dollars on just merely one site alone, and overall $250 billion on sex as an industry, that's goods, supplies, acts, and services combined, then aren't we all looking at things that are one and the same? Have we reached the point ultimately where commerce trumps, for lack of a better term, our puritanical social values? and if commerce has trumped our puritanical social values then what does that say about america overall what does that say about the notion of this nation that was built upon something that is on many levels now thoroughly invalid uh, these are these are lives and half truths that we continuously tell ourselves about what's good and what's bad what's 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 decent and what's indecent what's uh, what's moral versus what's immoral and into this pl- into this uh, this situation how then do we value the connectivity of sex? Uh, and, uh, in an era where OnlyFans has you know, grown to a platform that is worth a billion dollars, then where's the value in the interpersonal connection that we're going to all be having in a soon couple of months post-vaccination? Uh, do, we, do we think differently about it? Uh, how do we value our partners? Do we think differently? Do we say, okay, I pay $8.33 a month to a woman in Chicago or a person, you know, gender regardless, identification regardless, for direct access to their sexuality, which then services my sexual needs. It, where's the value then in going out for that, you know, and a lot of guys always say it, especially cisgendered men, the $200 date, the $400 post date, if you're trying to go out and get a hotel, and if you go into the club, another $300. So like in order to quote unquote have sex with somebody you're spending a grand, if you're looking for that quote unquote quality experience, or you can get it for $10. Of course, there's a lot of misogyny and inherent sexism tied into that. But, but we, we see also that inherent sexism and misogyny are going anywhere anytime soon. So we're at this divergent moral point. And in thinking about this divergent moral point, where's the solution? Where's the middle ground? Or even does a middle ground exist? And if there's a situation where a middle ground doesn't exist, then wither only fans. I think that this platform begets other platforms. I can tell you that there's a place called Just for Fans. I can tell you that Patreon doesn't necessarily implicitly do sex. But if you're looking for racy, salacious phot- photography and maybe erotic fiction, then I'll tell you that Patreon's the place to go. I will also tell you that the internet works in all ways. So if you went on Amazon right now, you could find erotic fiction as well. So this ultimately means that we're in a fully democratized and wholly immoralized environment, in my opinion. And ultimately, the facility of what OnlyFans did during the pandemic is incredibly important. In providing one of the final death knells to traditional puritanical American morality, which, because America is the the leader of the free world in many things, becomes a guiding symbol of what morality looks like to most of the free world. Then we're at a place that makes us wonder what about the future? Uh, On one level, the Atlanta shooter shows that that level of morality that we were talking about, that immorality that we're talking about leads to mass violence. On another level, we look at social mores on, let's say, a site like Instagram. And we look at the sex and sexuality boom of $250 billion, where people are freely engaging in the commerce of sex on the internet in real time at unprecedented levels during a horrifying global pandemic with a virus that can almost immediately kill you. Clearly, a middle ground needs to be found, but finding that middle ground is almost impossible. So then we think, do we trend far to the left or do we trend far to the right? Ultimately, because I think that the kids, and kids meaning people under the age of 21, are far more liberal than anybody gives them credit for being. I think we're headed towards a situation wherein everything is headed towards that far left. I think we're looking at something that centers at liberal morality and then extremes itself into complete bacchanalia, something that resembles uh, Malcolm McDowell's film, Caligula, on a daily basis. So, if that's not for you, then I, I would have nothing to say. I try to stay as quiet as possible for the immediate future of humanity because th- this is going in a direction and OnlyFans is the only the to start. So if you're not hip to OnlyFans right now, you check out OnlyFans.com and you'll find everybody from Amber Rose and numerous musicians. To your friendly neighborhood sex worker that's on your Twitter feed right now, that your friend retweeted into your feed. It's a, it's a different time. And into this different time, I, I, I fear that people are vastly unprepared for where this is all headed. So, in any event, you could find me at, at Marcus with the CK Dowling on all social media, Instagram, Twitter, and uh, Facebook. And you can find the Get MKD podcast at GetMKD, G-E-T-M-K-D, on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And thank you so much for tuning into the first season. This is the 13th episode. And uh, we'll be taking a month break. And I will be coming back with something that's a bit of a remixed idea of what this podcast is. And I won't say anything about it now, but I'll tell you that you'll enjoy it. So once again, uh, I hope to see you soon before I see you later. Have a great day.